Hi, everyone. I'm Aviva Rumani, and welcome to episode 26 of Kindred Cast, Lion Tree's biweekly podcast featuring insights from dealmakers and thought leaders from the world of tech, media, and everything in between. We have a great show today featuring two strong, successful, creative women, supermodel, brand ambassador, and entrepreneur Carly Kloss, and Jennifer Fleiss, the co-founder of Rent the Runway and now co-founder of Code 8. Interviewing them is another strong female role model, our executive in residence, Betsy Morgan. The trio discuss the traits and opportunities that led them to success in their respective fields, the importance of listening to one's customers and then acting on their input, and opportunities such as Carly's Code with Classy Camps and Jennifer's Rent the Runway Foundation, which arms budding entrepreneurs with the skills and resources they need to succeed in business today. Enjoy. I'm here today with two women who have deep experience building and representing disruptive brands. My guests today are Jenny Fleiss, co-founder of Code 8, the first portfolio company within Walmart's startup incubator, and Carly Kloss, global brand ambassador, entrepreneur, and influencer. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. I don't know two women who are more deeply connected to the commerce hearts and minds of girls and women today. Both of you have been highly successful because of the care and attention you both give to reaching audiences on different platforms. So shall we get started? Let's. Jenny, I'll start with you first. We'll get to Code 8 in a minute, but can you take us back to your early days as a founder at Rent the Runway? Who was your initial customer that you sought out, and why did you think they needed an online rent for a special occasion dress? Yeah, so I started Red the Runway with Jennifer Hyman back in 2008, and it came out of an insight where her sister was going to a wedding and had just purchased a $2,000 dress. And it was crazy because she was making not much money right out of college, and she had hundreds of other dresses. And we're like, why would you ever do this? And she said two things which were really funny, but also very poignant at the time. One was, I might meet my future husband at this event that I'm going to. It's very okay, important. Good point, it's good high point. stakes. Yep, high stakes. And the other was that all the dresses in her closet were dead to her because she'd been photographed in them and they were posted on social media. So from this funny conversation, we started thinking, you know what? Social media really has changed the social pressure to constantly change over your wardrobe and made it more important for a woman to put their brand out there. So to look really great when they are photographed in front of, you know, the thousands of people on social media. So that was the origin of the idea. And, you know, that business has now been running for almost 10 years. It's been a whirlwind. Yeah. Time flies. (laughs) So speaking of social media... Carly, 7 million Instagram followers and growing. Wow. Um, well, and we're, we're both about 10 years now that I think about it. Right? 10 years in social yes. media. Now, those followers did not materialize overnight. And I imagine that much of that growth came from your own continuous, relentless interaction with those fans, particularly young women. And one thing that I always love to do on your social media accounts is I always peruse the comments on your social posts. And I'm so impressed that they are in multiple languages. So I'm curious to know if someone translates that for you. But you have a very global audience. And I'm wondering with that global audience, is there any like common characteristics among the followers? And what are you learning from like what invigorates the youth of today? Totally. It's fascinating. First of all, Betsy, I'm so honored to be talking with both of you ladies. I'm big fans of you both. And I'm flattered that you follow me, Betsy. So thank you for following my, my Instagram journey. 
It's been a really, really interesting part of my career in a way. Instagram started maybe 2011, maybe a little earlier, but that's when I first had an account and I definitely did not see it as anything other than just something to have an account and to share images or experiences with my friends and family. And I certainly didn't approach it as a business. And it wasn't until I was backstage at Fashion Week, really early days when Twitter and Instagram were still pretty early and they definitely were not commonplace backstage and a part of how people were reporting what was happening. And I kind of had this aha moment where I was like, wait a minute, I have a smartphone and there are all of these journalists backstage who are lining up to ask the manicurist, the makeup artist, what's the next season's looks? And that interview will then go into a magazine and three months later it'll be printed. But in real time backstage, I could post myself. I could post my hand with the nails. And I just realized in that kind of moment that I actually have my own voice and and can kind of have this direct relationship with whoever cares to pay attention. And I think there's something so empowering about that. And that kind of was this really fascinating shift overall in the fashion industry and think just culture at large, kind of how social media has changed the way that we get inspired. You mentioned having a dress that you've been photographed in on social media, therefore it's dead to you. Like, it's just amazing how it's completely transformed the way that we live. And I feel like the luckiest person in the world. I get a job that I get to travel to so many amazing places. And I'm really, really lucky to have some of the most wonderful fans. You know, I go to these different countries and I get to meet them in person. And Is it weird to see your comments in different languages? It is. It's totally weird. It's crazy, but it just kind of makes you realize like how globally connected we are in real time. And it's an amazing tool. And girls and women are super globally connected, right? Like we're all kind of connected to each other, certainly in fashion and what we buy and what we wear. Jenny, your experience, I'm going to ask one more Rent the Runway question. I'm really curious about your experience scaling an online business. Rent the Runway grew to offer today certainly more than just semi-formal and formal wear. And I'm curious, kind of back to what Carly said about having access to this audience, how did you know what business to go into next? What did your customers tell you early on that they wanted more of and also what they didn't want any more of. Well, the key has always been following our customers and listening to our customers, creating feedback loops where we could constantly interact with them, hear from them, watch and observe them. So initially it was a dress rental platform, but the real insight was that for women, dresses carry an emotional weight. You put on a great dress and you feel like you can take on the world. It's like your armor and you put your hair together and your makeup together and you have an extra bounce in your step, an extra element of confidence. So our brand was always about that. Can we make a woman feel that way, that empowerment? And as we started growing the business, we initially heard, well, how do I style this dress? Like what accessories can I wear with it? And so we're like, well, we should be renting accessories. That came from our customer. A customer asked, why don't you carry long dresses? And we were like, we don't know how everyone's a different height. And she was like, well, why don't you pre-alter them into different lengths? And that's what we did. And now it's about 25% of the business. And eventually as we engaged with our customers, we were like, we want people to use this more. We want rental to be a part of people's every day. And our customers were like, well, 
you know, a rental is $100. That isn't going to happen every day. That's a special event. That's a black tie wedding, et cetera. But if you had a rental that was $30, $40, maybe then I could justify wearing it for a power meeting at work or a date or a night, conference a or, conference, yeah. what have you. And if you had a broader assortment of products, blazers, skirts, scarves, then that would also be really exciting to me. So as we heard this feedback from customers, we started testing pricing at first, then we started testing different types of apparel. And now we've launched a subscription business, which really says rental can be a part of your everyday. Stop buying the trend-based pieces, buy the great staples, the jeans, the blazers, the black sweater. But for all the fun pieces you're only going to wear once, that's really smart to rent. And I think we're in a smart age of consumption. Consumers really want to be smart and thoughtful. They want to have fun with fashion, but not feel that they're just like wedded to this $1,000 piece that they're only going to wear once. So that's our subscription business. You get $4 for $89 a month. That's great. You get four outfits. Four pieces. Four pieces. For, but you can switch them out, right? Like you So can... for $159, you can switch them as many times as you want. Four pieces for $89. You just get them for the whole month. That's great. Um, and that's you can purchase the pieces. If you're loving them, you can keep them at home. So we find customers who decide, like, I just can't send this back. And the really fun thing is, we take care of the dry cleaning. So it's actually cheaper. If you do the math out, it's like $22 an item. It's cheaper than dry cleaning a dress on your own. Like that's how much it costs <laughs> just for the dry New York, cleaning. Right? Definitely in New York. Certainly in New York. And it's more efficient with your time. It gets sent to you. It's really, if it doesn't fit, you just send it back. And we run the world's largest dry cleaner now. So wow. that was a part of scaling that I never anticipated that is... <gasps> Very strange and fascinating. <laughs> it's so awesome just Thank understanding you. Right, like how it all works. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so inspired by you as an entrepreneur and the story that you just told and how your life experience kind of spurred this idea to create an innovative new business in fashion that actually could meet the needs of so many other women experiencing the same thing. It's so, Thank you so, so much. Cool. Well, I think both of our stories, I was realizing telling you about following this consumer feedback loop. That's what Instagram enables you to do too, right? To have constant conversations with your fans, with an audience and to respond and post things that they might find more engaging and interesting. So it's just always creating that feedback loop, I think lets you stay current and ahead of the times even. Completely. So Carly, speaking of the feedback loop, I love that you turned to your friend and most famous blogger, Casey Neistat, <laughs> for advice when you started your YouTube channel, Classy, two years ago, right? So going on yeah. two years. You are so good with talking into the camera with your phone. So I'd love to know like how that journey's been. And do you use a selfie stick or do you just have long arms? Betsy, you know me. <laughs> I am six foot two and I have a six foot five wingspan. You were made so to Instagram. <laughs> I, was, I have a selfie stick built in. So uh, lucky. That is lucky. But similarly to my Instagram aha moment, I realized I have this incredible access to the world. I get mm -hmm. to travel to amazing places. I get to be in the room where amazing things happen. I get to sit next to incredible entrepreneurs and hear their story. And I realized I wish I could share these experiences in a longer form way than just one picture or one tweet. And I met Casey Neistat because we were doing a Vogue day in the life. What's it like in fashion week in my life? And so I brought Casey around with me to an action packed day backstage at Oscar de la Renta and quick workout and then uh, three fittings and a meeting. And, you know, I dragged him around. Loved it. Casey is hysterical and he totally loved it. But to be fair, I really didn't know when I first met him even the magnitude of the community that he had. And the YouTube world is a world of its own. And it's really fascinating because I guess when I first met Casey and really started thinking about starting my own YouTube channel, everybody kind of turns their nose up at the idea mm -hmm. of even to bring my little 
crappy camera backstage and, you know, broadcast your life. Yeah. Broadcast my life. You know, a YouTube video is a little bit more of a story that you tell Mm -hmm. and through an edit. And that I really think is so powerful of a medium to really be able to show and share beyond just a picture. And, And so anyway, I've learned the YouTube world from one of the greats, Casey Neistat. I've brought my little camera backstage with me to the Oscars, to Fashion Week, anywhere anyone lets me bring it in. When I started thinking about a YouTube channel, beyond even a YouTube channel, when I met Casey, I was thinking about doing a TV show, actually. Casey was really this person that was like, look, you want to be the one controlling the edit. You want to be the one controlling your voice. It's straight from you to your audience no, nobody in between. And he was right. And so YouTube has kind of been a fun project. Oh, so fun. Jenny, all right, so two Rent the Runway questions. Now I'll ask you a Cody question. I'd love to hear how do you fit in to Walmart's innovation strategy? And do you get to like hang out with the Jet.com team? Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. It was an amazing journey at Rent the Runway. And I got a phone call from Mark Laurie, who is CEO of Walmart.com. And he mm-hmm. had founded Jet and Quidzy before that. And he's just a fantastic entrepreneur. I'd really wanted an opportunity to work with him. And he told me about this new incubator called Store Number 8 that Walmart had just set up. And it was after the acquisition of Jet.com. And executives at Walmart are really in a place where times are changing. They're amped up. They want to change things as well. Things are moving and they were super excited about the jet acquisition. They're like, how can we continue to innovate? How can we continue this entrepreneurial spirit that so many folks at Jet have? And store number eight became one of the ways to do that. So it's an incubator focused on what is going to happen in retail five or more years down the road. And how can we start working on technology and innovations that will set ourselves up for success for those innovations down the road? And typically in a a business, especially like Walmart, you're focused on quarterly numbers and your P&L. And so you don't often get to think that far ahead. We are completely separate. So I run an office and I have a team of people out of New York City thinking about some long-term trends and how we can get ready for them. So it's really patient capital, right? It's not, I'm going to launch something in five days, in a week, in a month. It's what's the retail shopping experience going to look like five years from now? Yep. It's big ideas. It's some big bets. It's long-term thinking about what's going to change. I mean, so much has changed. I think it's just beginning. So it's important that they have a horse in the game on that front. Do both of you have favorite shopping apps? Do both of you shop a lot on mobile? I mean, I don't know about you. I get inspired by images, but... I don't feel like I shop that much. Maybe that's because I'm around fashion all the time. So I'm like happy to be in sweatpants. I rent and I'm going to get you to rent. Yes, I'm going to rent. Um, So yeah, Rent the Runway is my favorite app. It's great. I mean, as much as I love our website and our app was second to the game, it's really fantastic. Our website, our app and our stores now, our brick and mortar stores all kind of work hand in hand, which is just really fun to see that interaction. And you can see the same pieces across the board, right? Like I can see a piece online and if I stop by the store, I can see the piece live and Exactly. We have all of also the data of like, what have you browsed? What have you rented? What worked before? So if you're coming into the store and we know that we can pull pieces that we think are going to fit you, or maybe you've told us you have an upcoming event and we're going to pull pieces that are appropriate for that. That's so cool. Okay. So talking about like back to the future or the future future, um, Carly, you are a total self-proclaimed science nerd, which I love. Absolutely. Um, And one of the things I love is that you like to take your audience along on your own science event. 
ventures. So whether it's discussing rising water levels with Bill Nye for his Netflix series or visiting NASA, your audience comes along. Why is it important to talk to your audience and particularly young girls about science? First of all, if I didn't start this career in fashion, I certainly would have gone into the STEM fields or STEAM fields. I love science. I love math. I'm a total nerd and I'm proud of it. And I want to use my voice and any influence that I have to share what I am so excited about, which is understanding the world around me through these languages of math and science. And computer science is something that I'm super excited about because I think there's so many ways that you can build ideas, build businesses like you have, Jenny. It's just science and math in general have always really piqued my curiosity. And I love understanding science. I just did a series that I'm really excited to launch. We basically feature all these amazing women who are in science, but working in creative industries. So they have engineering backgrounds. This one woman, for instance, her name's Lena. She's from Iran and she's a chemical engineer. And she herself has already defeated the odds to get to where she is in her career and be one of the few women working at the company that she's at. But nonetheless, she's this brilliant woman using her chemical engineering degree and background, basically creating plant-based meat alternatives at this company named Beyond Meat. It's amazing. I created the series and we're featuring amazing women like Lena and showing the industries that they work in that are creative or using their math and science skills to do really interesting things in the world. I am a model and that's my day job and I love that aspect of my life, but I also am multifaceted and I have these passions in different industries and I love to learn. And ultimately that's what this comes down to. I love to learn and I want to create more opportunities for more girls to learn and to really realize that there's so much opportunity to really do anything that you want that you love to do and computer science skills is specifically something that I'm really passionate about but that it's not one or the other they're not two separate silos Mm -hmm. but that you can really kind of weave all of these passions together. I love that putting it in the context of a story which makes it real and very tangible for a woman and often I feel like for women to find that unique angle of well how can I approach this in a, a way where I have a different lens I can solve the problem in a different way or something that really resonates with them so I'm assuming this woman is passionate about being a vegetarian right and that yeah. aspect of her life and I think that's often where you get some of the most fascinating passionate entrepreneurs and people who are innovating mm-hmm. and science can totally be a part of all those stories my six-year-old the way she resonates most with science is when we tell stories like when yeah. I read about Mary Curie or if I follow someone's Instagram there's something happening there. It's like in the contextual In the context of what you're talking about. Yeah. Jenny, when we think about the future, and I think about the future of young girls that will major in science and math and sort of build the next set of retail assets or big box stores, what do you think happens to the brick and mortar world in a place where we're consuming so much on mobile and we're so empowered from our own skills, because young women can take so many math and science classes to know how it all works. So what happens to the old fashioned way of 
shopping. Yeah. I think there's two big trends that I believe in as it relates to retail and physical spaces. One is you need to be more creative about how retail can be part of a one plus one equals three equation. So can it do more for the company and the consumer? And I'll give you an example. Our Rent the Runway stores, we have four of them right now. They're in some of our major metros. They're more service centers than anything else. So yes, they are places where we rent dresses and they're profitable as stores. Yes, they're a great representation of our brand and our experience and they make you feel the aspirational brand when you walk in. But they're also places where people can come and pick up an order or try on a dress so they know it's going to fit them. If there's a snowstorm in Chicago and we can't deliver dresses to Chicago because UPS is closed. There's a hub of 2000 dresses that we can Uber rush to people around the Chicago area. So just thinking about holistically of like, how can you really make the experience better for everyone? It's also great for the company because if consumers pick up or drop off their orders, it saves us shipping costs and time in transit for our dresses. So I think thinking of creative new ways to use physical spaces in retail is really the trick to it. I think the second thing I really believe needs an adjustment is that shopping used to be enjoyable. Like it used to be something that people looked forward to. You get um, a rush, right? A rush, like the smile on your rush. face. Yeah. Or you think of, you know, back in the old times and people would go to the hardware store and have a little chat or, you know, I was training for the marathon years ago now and I had a chat with a super runner at the store and mm-hmm. got me the right sneakers. And I walked out of there feeling better, feeling more energized and probably with a better product than had I not invested the 30 minutes to go in there and have a conversation. So I think shopping is often a chore now. When you talk to consumers, it's like, how can I be fastest, most efficient, just get in and out with what I want. And so until some of those delight elements and that personalization is a part of it, but just bringing an experiential element back to shopping. And I think that's really got to be a shift as well. Carly, do you see that with the brands that you're working with now? I think about all the great work that you've done and will continue to do with Adidas. And that feels like not just being yesterday's version of a brand ambassador. It feels global. It feels like they want to work with you on events that you're interested in. Has your relationship with brands changed over the years? Completely. And I think that the industry has completely been flipped on its head. We speak about retail and we talked about social media. There are so many aspects of the fashion industry that I think have been really challenged. And it's exciting because all of the innovation that we've seen, like the business you've built with Rent the Runway and all the innovation I think we're going to continue to see. I think we're just scratching the surface of what is possible. I think you look at other industries and you see the way that it's been completely transformed by technology. I think fashion's there's still so much opportunity to create more efficiencies and how retailers reach consumers, how the actual manufacturing and production happens. I mean, I think there's so many ways to use big data and artificial intelligence and all sorts of cool tech tools to be able to create new ways to make our industry more efficient. But ultimately, I think there is this kind of human touch that's really important. And it's a creative industry. I mean, it's not just business. It's also a creative industry that's about people. And, you know, you spoke about it earlier, Jenny. I really think that at its best, fashion has this ability to make people dream, to feel like the best version of themselves, to walk down the street with a little pep in their step. And I think that that still is important. And so I think how to best use retail spaces is 
is something that Adidas has been really thoughtful about. They have these big flagship stores that they really focus on creating amazing experiences. And in my opinion, they have the best product in the world. But also you want to come in and you want to have an experience because we're all busy. Like you said, shopping can feel like a chore. But when you do make that effort, I think brands are really conscious of once they have you in the store, they really want to create a special experience. And, you know, I feel really lucky because, again, the shift in my role as the model, not to just be seen, but also to be heard on social media. Mm -hmm. The relationship that I have with brands certainly has evolved as well in the sense that they certainly listen. Adidas is very, very thoughtful and considerate about their athletes. And they certainly see me as an athlete. They see every woman who wears their product as an athlete. So and you can go back to them and say, could you change this? Or, yeah, you know, gee, this, you know, this fit too short, too I ran long. a marathon earlier last fall and I gave them lots of feedback <laughs> uh, on product and shoes and they certainly listen. And I think you don't have to be the brand ambassador to be heard. I think yep. that's what's also really exciting in retail now is that brands who are listening realize the benefit that comes with that. They have real communication with their customer base. And I think ultimately that serves them. And social media becomes just a really great feedback loop for all of these brands too, whether it's through you or directly through the brand's social media sites and comments that there are just more ways to channel that information and have your consumers' opinions be heard. Jen, it's like you said earlier about the feedback on the length of the long dresses. You know, the audience saying... Yeah, it's okay. You totally. know, make it a couple different lengths. We'll or work with our that. retail stores, customers like, I want to try the dresses on. I want to see them in person. We're, no, that's not our business. It's not scalable. And after a while, I feel like you owe it to your company and your brand to listen and at least try it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be ordering extra, extra long dresses. <laughs> that option? Perfect. Great. Okay. Yes. Good. We have dresses that will look great on you. Good. <laughs> I have no doubt. I'll bet on that. <laughs> Carly, I can't leave our podcast without asking because the summer is soon arriving. I can't leave our podcast without asking about what your plans are for the Code with Classy computer camps this summer. You canvassed the country last summer. More of the same is planned, even bigger. What's up? Totally. We've got big plans this summer and it's really exciting. We're scaling to 50 camps across the country. And I want to go. You're like, more than welcome. I mean, it sounds amazing. Uh, well, look, I might just take you up on that. You can come uh, teach the girls <laughs> about entrepreneurship. You have to come to the class. A thousand percent. The camps are for girls 13 to 18 and they're two weeks long, nine to five. And we cover so much in those two weeks. It's really amazing impressive. And these young women are absolutely brilliant and they are like sponges. They soak this up and they go on to do incredible things. You know, we've had girls win $50,000 hackathons, get internships at Apple, scholarships to Ivy League schools. We have girls who are hosting their own tech conferences, teaching other girls to learn how to code. It's this amazing community of brilliant young women who are future leaders. That's for sure. The applications are open now. So anyone so who's interested, by all means, go to codewithclossy.com. That's fantastic. It's so fantastic. Really Thank cool. You. Isn't well, that great for the next generation? I mean, I'm getting my six-year-old. I'm going to get her in gear. We got ready in yes. a few years. Yes. <laughs> you know, my 13-year-old now codes once a week because of Carly. Like Carly was awesome. the inspiration. And it's so great. And, and I just think it's such an empowering skill for girls and boys to have. It's a whole new generation. It's not something yeah. that we had access to in that kind of way growing up. But I think to also see it in the context of someone like Carly where she's doing that, but she's also 
beautiful and a model and has all these other pieces in her life that is really inspiring as well like reminding women you don't have to be one One thing thing. like Mm -hmm. whether it's just a mom is the quintessential one you have all these pieces of your life your career that just can make you a vibrant person and that adds to the excitement absolutely and I think there's so many creative ways to use technology I mean your daughter at six years old she is growing up in a world where you don't know anything other than it it's really exciting to think about all that is possible Possible. And I think the entrepreneurial component to being able to understand code, even high level, yeah. we were speaking to this before, you can at least have an understanding of what could be possible, yeah. even if you don't build it yourself. And you certainly have that kind of literacy. Part of it is just feeling confident enough to mm-hmm. interview someone or to have a conversation to be a part of this world where like the technology touches everything now. So. Absolutely. So Carly, everything you're doing with Code with Classy is so amazing. And I feel like the next step up as these girls get older is what Jenny's doing with the Rent the Runway Foundation. Mm -hmm. Yes. So can you talk to us a little bit about the Rent the Runway Foundation, how that ties into the core business and how you're helping young entrepreneurs? Yeah. And I would love for anyone who goes to camp, they can get this feeder program. program. (laughs) Um, So the Rent the Runway Foundation, Jen and I started three years ago. It supports female entrepreneurs. And our theory was that because we are still in the seats of being entrepreneurs, living the day-to-day craziness of whether it's how to hire a CTO or how to build a mobile app, how to do retail stores, we wanted other entrepreneurs to learn from those moments. So the way it works is three summits every year. And the final one culminates in a business plan. The winners get incubated in our office during the summer and they get access to just our full team in our company. They can go to the warehouse if they want to learn about dry cleaning. They can sit with our analytics team. They can sit with our engineers. We do classes for them. We open our network. We help them refine their pitches to venture firms. And then the alumni networks pay it back. So all the classes from the year before are so grateful that they then want to be a part of helping the next wave of female entrepreneurs. I love that. Entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's the best way to grow. Our camps are similar. Our scholars and our alumni come back and actually teach the girls younger than them the same skills. So that pay it forward and pay it back is just an amazing aspect to the communities that you're building and same with ours. I think it really resonates with women. I think that that it just like strengthens this like moment and women's movement that we're in right now as well. Pay it forward principle. That's it for 2018. Good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You you guys are great. What a fantastic podcast. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Thanks. We'll see you soon. It was great. See you soon. See you soon. I hope you enjoyed our show today. If you want to check out any prior episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. Feel free to leave a review there as it helps people find the show. You can always follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at KindredCast for behind-the-scenes photos and info. Keep listening and see you next time. Audiation.